Hallelujah. Just recognize. First <laughs> Kings 18. You know, if you come and I'm here, you just need first, second Samuel, first, second Kings. I'll probably get through it. I've been working through this for about 40, 45 years, so try to get there. Well, Michael, bless you, Luke. Bless you. I'm so glad you're here. I woke up to crack of dawn thinking about you all. Now, is that a real baby? What is Luke holding? What? Big old Exilla Luke. Bless you. I'm so glad you're here. The rest of you. <laughs> Thank you for praying for me. I try to play it like I'm this tough guy from Cleveland. <laughs> Been shot and stabbed a few times. It makes me tougher. But you all break me in two. I get notes. <laughs> get notes from you and cards and and. Two out of three of them are kind, and, <laughs> and the church has been so generous to me, and um, I just, I'm a guy that loves God, and um, I just pray in the name of Jesus, today something is released in this room, that you would cast a net out, man, and pull you in a whopper, <laughs> something in the spirit that would just bless you and touch you, and thank you for praying for me. I really thought it was over. I just... Uh, is, uh, hallelujah. This is my greatest comeback since my last comeback. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about, about this comeback. Hallelujah. First uh, Kings 18, verse 30. <clears throat> God help me. I'm, I've been passing out. I was passing out. Thank you for that laugh. Uh, <laughs> It's an odd group, uh, no doubt. Those are close friends of mine. Um, but like I would, I something about, I had this thing in my heart, and uh, they said, what about your heart attack? I couldn't afford it, so I gave it back to the devil. I really, it's not my heart attack. You're going to have to keep that one. Last year, this time, I lost my voice, and they said, this could be throat cancer. I said, I can't afford that. Can you give me something cheaper? And this little doctor, you know, he says to me, he says to me, he says, I don't think that's funny. I'm your doctor. And I said, well, I'm the comedian, which is debatable. And I said, and I do think it's funny. And he says, why don't you, I almost did a terrible racist accent. Why don't you get yourself in shape? And I said, why don't you grow two feet? And, and I was removed from the hospital that day. Because I didn't have insurance anyway, so <laughs> it's funny how long you, how little you stay, you know what I mean, and uh, when you don't have insurance. <laughs> First Kings eighteen and thirty, I am jacked up in another world right now. Right. I couldn't wait to see you. Thank you for praying for me. When I walked in yesterday, people were smiling and hugging me. One person ran at me, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I didn't wasn't sure. And um, thank you for having worship today and not having to wear a mask. If you need a mask, I'm all good with, I'm all good with it. But the mask that I wear emotionally should suffice. <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm telling on myself, this COVID. And I just pray that this thing would break, you know, in Jesus' name. So that would set the people free and, and um, hallelujah. Verse 30, then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. And they repaired the altar of the Lord. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Verse 31, and he took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended to Jacob. Hallelujah. To whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he arranged the wood, and he cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Verse 34, do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and, and uh, he did it a third time. 
I thought that's an interesting thing right there. It just dawned on me. He asked them to pour water, then he told them to pour water, then he ordered them to pour water. Isn't that the way of the prophetic? You get one little thing on you, and then all of a sudden, fee-fi-fo-fum. You got a bigger word. Satan, look out, because here I come. And then on the way home from the meeting, you're riding with somebody, and they tell you all the things that have to happen in order for that word to come to pass. John F. Kennedy's got to come alive again, and you, you got to have a rubber chicken, and, and then by the time you get home, you feel like a giant, and now you feel like this big, you know what I mean? And that's why I just drive by myself. Verse 35, and the water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. And at the time of this sacrifice, uh, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Hallelujah. Let it be known today that you're God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all the things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you're turning their hearts back again in fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice and the wood, the stones, the soil, and licked up the water in the trench. I'm going to exegete this just verse, verse by verse because this is what I feel the Holy Spirit's on. So the man of God is stuck with all these prophets and fake prophets and, and um, Baal's prophets and Jezebel sent them. He's the only one left living. And you know... God's never needed a president, a king, a queen, or a prime minister to be a believer and sit in office to have a move of God. In fact, the scriptures would say that the opposite is true, that the greater the oppression, the greater the move of God. He's never needed a president. He definitely needs a people. I love our president. I'm going to pray for every president that's in the White House, man. But, man, we've got to... Get on our knees for the move of God. Hallelujah. Who cares who's in the office? To me, the greater thing would be a man who does, a man or a woman or a horse that didn't believe that God was able to say, this is your God. Let my people go. Moses, I will let your people go so that your God will stop troubling me. I don't know of anything that could be greater. So, you know, love, peace, chicken, grease. Thank you, man. We think for everything that's happened, but let's have a move of God. Not because your candidate is in there. Let's give the devil, let's give him something to talk about. <laughs> Probably not a worship song. <laughs> he calls the people. Well, the way I sing it, it is. Uh, um, somebody said, no, it's not. <laughs> um, the Bible says that these tells him, Mary says, come here to me. And he says, the first thing I want to do is repair the altar of the Lord. I can't tell you how important this is. The daily repair your altar. Every day, the Apostle Paul, dude writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, I keep under myself, and I die out daily. It is so important to repair the altar of the Lord every single day. It is too easy, you know, to... Live, I can't live in this world that they're proposing today. I transferred my membership into the citizenship of heaven decades ago. And we must keep our heads in the heavenlies. Or else this world, Facebook is a toilet. Don't you understand this? Probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, we got the offering. Listen, let me go after it. <laughs> <laughs> it will drag you into places. And I know there are some great things there. People, there is no victory in winning Facebook and Twitter wars. The war is in the heavenlies. And you must break and abolish and abandon this, that spirit. And when this lady started singing, that girl, that one that was wearing, she had a hat on at first. A real prophet would know your name. But, um, <laughs> but this is what you get for free. Um, <laughs> she had a hat on, which, by the way, I'm so glad I missed that, that season of cool where it's 80 degrees and you're wearing a sock hat. You know, she was pulling it off. But I've, I'm a fat man that sweats in the winter, okay? And this is me on a diet. So I look like a board. Why are you laughing, Shelly? Um, I look like a board game with these checks. You know, I don't know why I wore this. But I thought she set a tone today. Is that you over there? 
You have three different hairdos already in one, one service. I know you got your hat off, your hair's back, and now there's a big man hugging you. And I, do you know him? And so, <laughs> and so uh, bless you, uh, coffee. Uh, and uh, but she sent me um, a word, a word from the Lord, and then somebody else write me a word from the Lord, and somebody else write me a word from the Lord. And you know, uh, you can't believe the words I get. Most of them I don't read. You know what I mean? Because they're like, "There's something wrong with you," you know, because you've got a demon is why you're sick. You know, and like they've never heard of a devil that hates us. And you know, the last thing I need laying in the hospital is to hear a word from one of those people. And then when I started, when I knew, when they start the message with, we're from New Covenant, I'm like, you know, you feel like Popeye, I, I eat me spinach, you know, and, you, and they're just going to pour a spinach. I'm dating myself again. Um, and it's just so powerful, and I want to I thank you. It's easy to prophesy when you're amongst the prophets, but to prophesy where there are no prophets, it will prove to you how great your God is. I would encourage you to prophesy amongst the prophetic team and the prophets for as long as you can. And then one day when God thrusts you into a place where you're prophesying where the prophets aren't, it is a, it is a devastating act against darkness. It is a word from heaven that goes into hell. Hallelujah. It delivers a people from hell. Glory to God. It's not a regurgitated thing that I heard someone else say. It is a thing that you say, the first thing we need to do is repair the altar of the Lord. And remember that he is Holy Spirit. Not just a spirit, Holy Spirit. And he will live in a holy people. And I know that's not a fond thing. In it. I'm not trying to see how close to cussing I can get. You ever see, go to hear a preacher and see how close to cussing he can get in the pulpit? Dude, the church doesn't need to look more like the world to get people saved. The people that are needing delivered want to be set free from what they're in, not look and act and sound more like the world does. That's why when you set a tone today, my sister, talking about the adoption, whoo, and it started, you saw it go through the whole team and I could do nothing but cry. That's all I do is cry. When the Lord shows up, I cry. Hallelujah. Not because I'm sad, but I'm glad. He showed up again. And to think that the God that holds the worlds from colliding showed up to touch me. You can't help. I feel taller in his presence. Skinnier. I feel like hair. I feel like hair's gonna grow back here. I feel, I feel like I feel he puts me back together. Hallelujah. Because I don't get to do this a lot where we're in the body of Christ and I feel your strength and pulling on the gift of God today. Many years ago, I, I was exited. I act like I quit going to churches, but truly churches quit bringing me to them. And I started doing house meetings. And I was like, God, why would you do this to, to me? And you could just hear heaven laughing like, <laughs> I know something you don't know. And then COVID hits and only 10 people are allowed in a meeting, and I've already built the model because I've been living off of 10 people meetings for the last 20 years. Hallelujah. And when God tries to prepare you for something, you can't despise it. Don't negate a small beginning. And you would think I'd be past the small beginning at this age. You know, for a long time, the greater number of souls I'd ever won was in the restaurants. I was a waiter. And, um, and I would pray, and I would go to work, fired up, shrekin' Holy Ghost. And we would roll up in there, and I started through the middle of the night, and the Lord would start showing me people's needs. Then he would show me what people were going to order. And if I got a weird thing where there'd be four of them at a table, I'd say, hey, I want to play a game with you. This is white tablecloth like I wasn't just steak and shake guy, you know. Although I hit that ultimate banana shake there. I know it's hard to believe that I like ice cream. But I would I'd say, hey man, if I could tell you what your wife is going to order, would you meet me out back? That sounds weird, doesn't it? How, how creepy is that? Would you meet me out? You know, you're wearing a tie and white tablecloth and 
long apron, you know, and, you know, they sell 300 bottles of wine in this place, and I'm like, hey, man, want to play a game? <laughs> and, the, and the guy's like, all of a sudden it turns into Vegas. He's like, son of a fool, let's play, you know, like this. And I'm like, uh, uh, you want this, this, but you want your steak butterfly, but that salad, you want no onions, extra croutons, crumbled blue cheese on it with Italian dressing on the side. She's like, how do you know this? I'm like, ah, 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 see you out back. <laughs> and four freaked out people are standing in the back. He's like, dude, how do you do this? Are you some kind of <laughs> magician? I'm like, no, man. I know the God that knows everything about you. And in fact, if he can tell me what kind of dressing you want on your salad, says he knows the number of hairs on, on your head. Hallelujah. I said, are you ready to receive the Lord tonight? Two out of three wet their pants. Three out of four get saved. And one leaves. And you can't keep a job like that very long. But... <laughs> I've never been very good at showing up anyway. I've proven that, haven't I, here? <laughs> Somebody just said amen. The guy's been sleeping the whole time. He just went, amen, you don't show up a lot. I don't think I don't. That's why we, again. <laughs> Repairing the altar of the Lord means that wherever you are, you are an ambassador for the gospel. It means I'm not just a waiter. I'm, I'm an on-fire thing that's going to kick hell in the chops today, and, and, and then I'm going to serve your meal. I'm going to give you a chance for reconciliation. I'm going <laughs> to see how many times we can put my name in a word. The Bible says, he says, come here, let's build the altar. And verse 32 says, with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Stones of memories. When I was laying in this hospital, and I, I, I because of my financial uh, situation and, and lack thereof, I don't go get to the hospital a lot. They said, you've had four heart attacks over the court. I don't know how they know that, you know. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Watch me pull a rabbit out of this hat. <laughs> wrong hat. Remember Bullwinkle? He's wrong hat. Listen to this service now. Totally in the toilet because I'm quoting Bullwinkle. And the millennials are like, Bullwinkle? Where's that muffin... Muffin podcast I was looking at for the gluten-free podcast. <laughs> Bullwinkle, Popeye, what? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just so glad <laughs> to see people. <laughs> I'm trying not to tell jokes right here. Next month, he's going to let me come back and do that. Let me get back into it. Lord, help me. I'm so glad to see people. I live alone in a room praying for other people all the time, and it's so nice to see smiling faces. <laughs> Hallelujah. I play these bars, and I play, or oh, we're in church. I play these restaurants, <laughs> and um, I just try to get people saved. And during the week, I spend my week buying Subway sandwiches and taking them to kids that live up under bridges and praying for people to get delivered from this awful opioid and heroin addicted land in the name of Jesus, that people live there. And I have to drive to North Carolina this week to bury a dear friend of mine who overdosed and died this week. And um, I've done more funerals than I have weddings. And I go to try to raise him from the dead, and it's an awful thing. And, 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 and I, there was a comedian, an actual comedian, that the Lord told me to get in touch with. And he said to me, Shrek, if I could tackle the Artie from back then who did his first line of heroin, if I could go back in time and tackle him, I would, because it's been 15 years of death. But I know that there is a God who's able to deliver. And this kid says to me, Bob, this is my you know, 13th rehab. I'm so ashamed. How many times can I go to rehab? How many times do you need? Don't you ever be ashamed to get back up. We pray that you would, you know how many diets I've started? <laughs> so you pray for me for my overeating, and I'll pray for you for your drug use. Because at Calvary, all our stuff stinks, and at Calvary, all our stuff is forgiven. So in the name of Jesus, we got to get to Calvary and rebuild an altar. You know, somehow we think because it's doctor prescribed, and we're zoned out on the couch, that somehow it's better than the kid whose insurance won't pay for 
uh, a painkiller now, and he's buying 20 sacks down the street. But I got to tell you, in the name of Jesus, bondage is bondage, whether it's in the form of a pizza or a pill bottle. And the Lord just wants you to be free. And you don't have to get up and confess your sin in front of everybody. But it's time to rebuild the altar and say, I want to be God's man, God's woman so much that, Lord, I give you this terrible thing that's tried to get a hold of me. Whether it's pornography or whether it's, whether it's lasciviousness or whether it is a drug abuse. But I feel that the Lord wants to set you free today. And we don't ask people what your problem is. I didn't come here to give you your problem. Satan gave you that. We came to give you an answer. Hallelujah. And he's got an answer for you. Glory to God. And I started building stones. I started building an altar made of stones. Memories. God, you remember the night you saved my mother? Stone, bringing that thing down. <laughs> Go back, let's get another stone. God, do you remember the night you saved my dad? My dad was a big man. Like, like you knew you had been talked to, capiche? And um, I smoked one cigarette in my life. And I sounded like you. Are you smoking during this service? <laughs> and um, no smoking in this service. <laughs> and uh, that was just a joke. People relax. There, not that there is smoking in the service, but, but, but I smoked one cigarette in my life. I was like 11 years old, and he caught me. And he gave me a cure that day. <laughs> I never smoked another one. And uh, once my nose got be between my eyes, I, he, after that whooping, I mean, I knew I was going to catch a beating. And how he knew to catch me that day, whew, man. And then he went out on the front porch and smoked two packs and drank a case of Rolling Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but I was not about to ever smoke cigarette again. In fact, if I'm in a place and somebody lights a match next to me, I go, you know what I mean? I still <laughs> flinch because my dad's coming. But I remember the night dad got saved. And I remember the night God healed my body. And I remember the night God gave me a vehicle. Glory to God. One time I needed a vehicle, and I was in a little town, and I said, who has my expedition in here? Because I needed a big truck. I was carrying people on the road with me. Not one of my smarter moves. And a dog. And I had equipment. It's a mess, man. And, um, and um, this guy comes up to me. And he says, I have a 1977 Silver Edition Corvette. It's jet black with T-tops. It's in Martinsville. And it's down at the fairgrounds. And uh, black cherry interior. And I was so big at that time. Like, I looked at that thing, and I grabbed a thing of butter, and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to grease up it. Because if I'd have got in that thing, there would have been a trailer behind a Corvette in the parking lot right now. I'd have hillbillied that thing up so fast. I'd have been, and I called Schnizzler, and I said, Schniz, I said, you better get up here. Somebody just gave me a Corvette, and he looks like he wants it back already. We got to get this thing to a car dealership, and he drove it to a car. I never even drove the thing. I couldn't fit this thing. You know what I mean? You get in it, your head's up top, your belly's on it. This is terrible. I'm not fit for a Corvette, man. And uh, I traded it in on a, they gave me, I think, I don't know, $15,000, $20,000, that thing. And I bought an expedition there at the lot, and I paid up two or three guys and paid the other car off and gave it to somebody and kept a thousand dollars and ended up in New York the next morning and preached that night and people my life is a faith life but every time that God's brought me through he's shown me a different way glory to God he always shows up he always shows up so um, in the middle of all this I, I own a home I just need you to pray I'd like to keep this place amen so that the my, my retirement plan is to, to move in uh, with, with, with uh, uh, Alger and Connie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that yet. They just found that out as you are. Because she made meatloaf last night. Now, my mother had made meatloaf before, but evidently I had never had meatloaf before. <laughs> because that thing, I got some on my forehead and my tongue almost slapped my brains out trying to get it off. In the middle of all this heart attack and COVID, and I haven't been on the road since July. So my house is behind. I'm ashamed. Of, I've always tried to keep my credit right, you know, and I don't take vacations and I, I buy, I wear the clothes people give me and stuff. And, and um, I just, I'm, I'm just happy about it. But I'm a little ashamed of what my, you know, it's just a thing. 
Why do I tell on myself? Because I want you to know that nothing can stop your God from moving through you. It, the things that have happened to me in this life that have been horrible, I tell you in the name of Jesus. From being abused as a child, being born to a prostitute, from my brother, I buried him without a head. Well, you know all them stories. He was shot and killed, a heroin addict. Can I tell you, I'm going to be the curse breaker in my family tree. And you must decide to do the same. You must decide, regardless of how many years you've been under some sort of attack or addiction, you're going to break it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I've been around the world several times preaching the gospel. I don't do that anymore because i got got 100 kids living up under a bridge half a mile from me that need a word from God. So in the middle of all this, I go down there and I'm preaching to these kids and I'm, you know, I'm taking them sandwiches and water and let me pray for you. Their faces are so dirty because they haven't been out there forever. I used to move people into my house, but then you wake up in the morning and you got to go somewhere else to watch your TV because everything's gone. So I've tried to change that a little bit. And this little girl was crying so hard, man, and tears was going down her face, you know, and her face is just jet black with filth and it would leave a stream, you know, clear. And I was like, my God, if it weren't for the grace of God, that could be me under, under this bridge right here. I come from this same lineage. But when I got a hold of God and I kept a hold of men, I got to tell you what I saw you do today. When you put your arms around each other, there is a power in community of praying together. One puts a thousand to flight and two puts ten thousand. This is why I need to body of Christ. For the last 40 years, I've spent it alone in a corner somewhere praying, don't talk to me. I don't want to know your name because I want to get it from the Holy Ghost. And then, then it backfired on me because I didn't know nobody to call. And I'm sick. So then you found out and called me. Hallelujah. Which I wish you'd stop. It's too late in the night to be calling all hours. <laughs> Let me give you this miracle. Of course, that's a terrible, terrible joke. This A truck pulls up in my driveway and I'm like what is this fool doing in my driveway man because I've been passing out thank you for not laughing that time I've been passing out my heart uh, somehow I wasn't getting enough oxygen in my heart and then and um, neighbors found me in the garage once my head cut wide open I was laying in the driveway now I do have a nice driveway so if you were going to pass out my driveway could be <laughs> This cat comes up, he says, we have your appliances. I'm like, I didn't order no appliances. So, you know, I walk out there. No, as far as you know, that's a joke, too. And I walk out there because this cat wants in my house. You know what I'm saying? Because I know this game. You know what I mean? So I got my TV. And uh, <laughs> and this dude says, are you Mr. Shrigabagum? And he's got this. And he's got a receipt that says appliances paid in full. I said, I am Mr. Shrigabagum. Today, you can call me anything. I'm right. Funny how you spell my name. By the way, Shrek, S-H-R-E-K, is a cartoon character. S-C-H-R-E-C is me. So, mucho, take it easy with these announcements announcing a cartoon character is coming. <laughs> Not that it, no, that's, it doesn't matter what you call me, as long as you call me for meatloaf. And so, this guy, come and they roll in. Like, I have a refrigerator of sorts. It makes it sound like it sounds like you're watching Apocalypse now and the helicopters are landing in your kitchen. And um, you're welcome. And um, then I have a, a stove that has one burner that works, which is fine because I only have one skillet. <laughs> what do you need four burners if I get one skillet? I'm not going skillet shopping. And so I don't even know where you would go skillet shopping at. And then I have a microwave that works from time to time and a dishwasher that just takes up a hole in the cabinet tree. And here comes a brand new stainless steel refrigerator, which is odd name for it because as soon as your fingers touch it, it doesn't appear to be stainless. <laughs> <laughs> These are some of the questions I ask God when we go to heaven. I'm not worried about, do the angels see me? I'm like, how come stainless steel do you have to wipe off all the time? <laughs> this is what I'm talking to Jesus about. I have a lot of time on my hands, as you can see. And I go there, and I'm watching this, and then in comes a stove, five burners. What do you use? There's a great big one. I'm like, what? My whole family could have lit their cigarettes from that thing because <laughs> my family was cigarette smokers. There could have been 10 of them. 
That's how they lit their cigarettes, because they're too cheap to buy matches. And uh, none of them had eyelashes. And so, <laughs> are you related? Yep, you guys are all related. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. And then a dishwasher that works. So my internet's off. So when the dishwasher finishes, it goes, and I'm like, so now I'm just washing dishes to hear that sound, you know. Let's get it on. I've been really trying to. And it, yep, call on him. And um, an hour, hour and a half later, Miss Karen, another truck comes. Beep, beep. Beep. I'm like, guy, why are you saying beep, beep? No, that's the truck sound. And he says, no one even got that. That's my best of the day. And he says, we have your flooring. Now, this house was built in 1962, and there were 42 cats in it prior to me going in there, I'm sure. So the carpet uh, could use a wash, you know. And um, this guy comes in. Are you Mr. <laughs> It wasn't sugar bomb, it was worse, man. And um, I'm like, yes. And they ripped carpet out and laid in 1,100 square feet of this plank flooring that looks like wood, but it's made of rubber and it's waterproof. Because when I pray, I walk around and I got balls of carpet everywhere that looks like cats have thrown them up on you, you know what I mean? And they put this flooring down and this stainless steel is going down. I'm like, I don't even know who did it. Amen. And I just know it was from God. And my name is Sugar Bomber or Schneisenbeike. <laughs> and, and I got a refrigerator that has water on the door. Schrecken Sie Deutschen. Got cubes and crushed. Waterproof floor. You know what I do now? Sometimes I go get a drink of water and just throw it on the floor. <laughs> what about it? God has a way of doing more when you do nothing. And you can get done when you're trying to do it all. That's right. God has a way. us. <laughs> God has a way of doing the thing that you want done and need done if you just put yourself in his hands. I love this life when I'm tired, but I feel strong when I'm with you. So I feel like tonight I'll drive straight from here to some, bar, some restaurant in Cleveland and play that guitar and see if we can't knock the devil off somebody's forehead. Hallelujah. I got to tell you in the name of Jesus, I wish it wasn't like this. But I don't know any other way. I'm watching these prophets in the Bible kill me. And the next day he's like, repent. I'm like, yes, I know that feeling. I wish I could tell you I don't get depressed wondering about this COVID and haven't worked in six months. And what's going to happen to my house? And, oh, my Lord, I don't have gas to get anywhere. How is this going to happen? And then all of a sudden a check comes in the mail or some, a box of groceries shows up. Dude, I, I live by faith. I believe Listen, I don't care what anybody else does, but the Lord has forbade me from asking for an amount when I go preach somewhere. I don't say, well, you know, it costs this, it costs this. I need a hotel. Listen, dude, if there's, I could stay here, throw a ma air mattress. I've been doing this for years in the, in the floor, and let's get it on for the Lord. People, to live by faith doesn't mean that it works out the way you think it does all the time. Most of the time, it works out totally different. So I... So I'm, I'm walking around this house now. I'm like, so I had given a pool table to a guy, and this guy's wife informed him that he didn't want the pool table anymore. <laughs> so I got that back. You should see my place, dude. Y'all, come on. And then, like, I got a pool table down. I'm, like, hitting, playing pool down there, throwing water around. I'm just living this life, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, God is moving in my place so much on my behalf which I've, I've seen him move on the behalf of the people. But he's moving on my behalf so much, I wouldn't be surprised if I put my cup up to that water and wine comes out. <laughs> Not that I'm a drinker, meaning that Jesus is changing everything in my house. And the thing, it's almost like when he tried to kill me this last time, that, <laughs> again, thank you, uh, 
when he tried to kill me this last time, it was like a test was passed. A demonic test, because the Lord doesn't test you like this. And the man of God, he makes this altar. And remember, he's the one who's prophesied, we're not going to have any rain. We're not going to have any... Um, <coughs> I've never seen a baby that small. And, I, and so I can't... I, I'm going to touch it later. I touch it. I don't want to hold it. I shouldn't say it. I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> just stop. See, this is why you should just have somebody preach instead of what I do. This is, this is a whole other thing. It's, it's manic, isn't it? I mean, when you see how I operate and then watch God move, you must realize if he can get this done. Yep, she said. If God can use me, God can use any one of you. You must understand, I don't come here to try to prove to you that I'm somebody special. In fact, the opposite is true. I come to show you that I'm an everyday man that can't find his keys and still uses GPS to come to this church that I've been coming here for 12 years. I am lost in this life, but his presence comes on me. And I'm put back together. This man of God repaired an altar and he's prophesied there's not going to be any water. And then he tells him, I've got my stuff on the altar and I want you to bring me some water. He asks them to give an offering that they can't afford to give. Because we don't, we've got years of drought yet left. But one thing ends the years of drought Obedience, sir, is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And disobedience is like the sin of witchcraft. So there is so much you can find in obedience and disobedience. Just being obedient to the Lord. Don't put yourself in a position. Guy comes to me. He says, um, he says I need you to pray for me. Every time me and my girlfriend get together, you know, we fall. You know, we have a, a failure morally. Do you have a word for us? Yes. Y'all don't hang out in the bedroom alone together. Cat <laughs> said, man, every time me and my boys get together, we always end up getting high. Do you have a word for us? Yes. Don't get with them boys. Yeah. You don't need a prophet. You need, you know, just to say, I want Jesus more than I want that. Yeah. And if you'll seek the kingdom of God, all these things we're always worried about want. Sissy, it's going to come to pass. It hardly comes to pass the way I think it is. So I was in a place, a long ways away from here, as far as you know. And a, three years ago, and a word over this guy, you, sir, unbeknownst to me, this man had come to the meeting to debunk the fact that, I, uh, that prophecy's real, that I'm a charlatan, and that God is fake. So, uh, you are going to win a cooking challenge and God and God is going to bless you and he's like you know just loud big guy it's hard to say tell him to shut up he's bigger than me and so people are laughing you know because he's a truck mechanic two years later he loses his job and he gets hired on as a fireman and he wins a chili cook-off <laughs> and he wins ten thousand dollars he shows up the other day. My friend is with him, and he goes, you remember me? I'm like, no, because he's got the joy, 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 joy. <laughs> the dude's not a Christian. He doesn't know he got a word from God, but he doesn't know anything about it. He thinks I'm an idiot. What does <laughs> he think? He doesn't know what's going on. He says, they told me I have to bring you $1,000. I said, you don't have to do anything. He told me this story. I said, because this is all from God for you. But... You know, I would take that money and I'd put at least a thousand of it somewhere into God and say, thank you for this. And man, he said, how did you know about all this? I said, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Don't you know this is my greatest gift is that my SAT score was like four. <laughs> and I fell asleep during the score, it turned a test. Oh no. And then I just knucklehead my way through this thing and you fast and you pray. And you know from heaven. And you don't figure things out up here. Like I, I used to get intimidated. Like Pastor Tom is a figure outer. He's a thinker. God showed me how, 
how brilliant you were. I wasn't sure what that was. Started <laughs> checking my belt and everything. Else. What in God's name? It's just fallen out of me. <laughs> what was my heart one time? Was that a kidney, God? Oh, my Lord. Don't you have two of those? Because I was going to keep going and chance it. Shelly, look at you. <laughs> She's going to lay an egg. Oh, that's great man of faith and power. Bottle of, a bottle of water hit the floor. And I was afraid to look down. Lost part of my cerebellum. The part not being used in my body. The kidney probably I should keep, but the lower cerebellum connected to the brain stuff. Eh. You just got done saying it. You really don't use it a lot. Eh. Kafunk, you know what I mean? I lose it so often with you people. You people. And the Lord showed me that Pastor Tom was a man that was brilliant and could, and I used to be intimidated around people that could think, you know? <laughs> people that have opinions. You know what opinions are? You know, people have opinions. Yeah, I don't got none. So you know what I mean? Sometimes I go to a party and I'm like, oh man, they're going to be talking. I turn on the TV, whatever that guy says, I say it at the party, you know. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. I'm just a guy that is in love with God. And my sole purpose on this earth is to be a worshiper and to depopulate hell. And I'm not afraid to just be the goof that I am. I used to, you know, for a while I was T.D. Jakes, get ready, get ready, you know what I mean? I was Kenneth Copeland. Well, glory to God, that was my Kenneth Copeland, you know. <laughs> And you try to be everybody else, but, but who you need to be is who God called you to be. He gave you that personality so that it works. And it doesn't work in, in, a, in a, lot of ch a lot of churches, and, um, but it, it works under that bridge. And it works in the shelter. And it works at the house. And it, it worked that night when that fireman. Now, I'm reluctant sometimes to tell people that somebody gave me $1,000. I don't want to discourage any of you other chili cook-off winners from sending 1000 too. But I just want you to know that your God is more than able. I'm almost done. When you see somebody that you feel like, man, their life is so much better than mine, just remember, everybody's life has got a, got a problem. You say, man, Bob's on the road. You know, this is 45 years of ministry. 16 years as a local pastor, and the rest of it, I can't do the math. I've been on, on the road because there's a nine involved. And so I, I got to tell you, the Lord is able to keep you. And you look at my life and you think, man, God must be really blessing him. It's like when you look at somebody's life. Like, you know, like, like, like my, my life is like an above-ground pool, okay? You know? Like, well, it's a pool. You know what I mean? It's like people think, yeah, that's not, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? But I can't tell you the times God has come through because I put myself in a position where only God can bring me out. And he heals me and he delivers me. And he makes a way. And you must not be afraid. And Michael and Luke, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I bless your baby daughter there in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and in the name of Jesus, would you put your eyes on heaven? Michael and Luke, I believe the Lord showed me this morning that you have a, you have a call on your life together to do something great for God. And you mustn't have fear that somebody else's life is better than yours. We're all, I'm trying to get into heaven under 250 pounds. It's going to be a photo finish, <laughs> all right? Just be what God's called you to be. And don't get anxious about, well, what if they don't think, and what if they, they're going to talk about me. Honey, they are already talking about us. And when you can let go of that and say, but I've failed so many times, they're going to remember my failure. The people that you're called to won't remember your failure. They'll remember that you have been redeemed. And the people that are, you remember your failure, and they're like, well, we can't be with you. Praise the Lord, man. One less Christmas card to send. Hallelujah. Well, God will send somebody for them. Don't, Apostle Paul said, I become all things, all men, that I could win a few. Luke, you have an anointing on your life. Michael, I don't know if you know this about this lady, but she's not only a worshiper, in her seat, you know, and stuff. She's a beautiful voice and a precious spirit of the Lord. And and they're, and you can see kindness on them. Like, I, when the first time I met great big tall legzilla, 
I was like, who is this guy with the hair I wish I had? And, and I went over by them, and they're like so sweet to each other. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> and I got to tell you, that's going to stay on the two of you. And I tell you that you're going to touch other families. And you're going to touch other couples who have struggled. And I bless you with the mighty name of Jesus that God is just starting to do. There's an elder in you. And that guy in the back, that guy in the, in the booth with the, a checkered shirt and the skinniest of jeans. Yeah. You. <laughs> I'm so glad that I never got in the skinny jeans thing, too. Because when I was a kid, my mom bought my jeans from Sears. And they were like stovepipes, you know, and you walk <laughs> like you're ready to ready to try out for the tin man part. <laughs> if I only had a heart. This man right here has an eldership spirit upon him. I tell you, that man is a caretaker, sir, in the house of God, young man. I tell you, by the name of the Lord, you're gifted and strong and brilliant, and it will put you in places that other people won't have access to, but the gift and the call of God is upon your life prayed for you before the service, and I must tell you in the name of Jesus, it is imperative that you don't lock yourself behind the screen where you're talented, but you come forward to where you're called. Because the call and the gift, when you mix those two together, dude, there's no telling what, he what heaven, hallelujah, is going to do through you. And I bless you with the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Use this man, dear Lord, I pray. And in the name of Jesus, I... I see a series of adoptions. People are going to adopt children. Glory be to God. And someone has been worried about this process, but the Lord says that God is going to do it. Someone is also fighting an infertility, and the Lord now speaks the breath of life. Glory to God. And the furlness like, whew, come on, like Sarah. Hallelujah. That sweet princess, hallelujah. And God speaks that over you in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Praise be unto the Lord God. Praise be unto the Lord God. Praise be unto the Lord God. And that you're, you're going to have children. Or you thought there, there weren't going to be children. Come on, all praying, please, with me. Come on, if you know to pray in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. And it's time to rebuild the altar, people. There are some of you in here. Your guilt or your shame-based or condemnation has kept you away from getting back to God and back to the freedom of knowing God. Like you're in church and you know you love God, but you're carrying a hidden sin. And you pray to God, oh, don't let somebody call it out. Listen, let me tell you something. A real prophet of God is not going to call out your sin. They're going to call out the, what you are after your sin has been totally demoralized, beaten, and tromped down. Glory to God. The true prophet of God is giving you, and prophetess of God is giving you the tomorrow past your sin. If the Lord is on me in this place, it is time for you to prepare the altar of God. Don't let what you do in secret stop you from being used by God in public. We're not going to have you come forward because of all this, but there's an altar right there in your seat. And some of you need to restore your relationship with the Lord as women of God, men of God. Some of you need, some of you need, some of us need that place with heaven where we can get past our failures. Come on, man. And say in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm constructing an altar again. And the man of God prayed, brothers and sisters, and fire fell from heaven. And I pray that fire would fall from heaven towards your families. That some of you have been praying for your family so long. I tell you, when you look at your children and you see them praising the Lord and in the house of God. And you see them and then you're afraid, oh no, they've run away. Can I tell you that there is a taste that comes out of the heavenly that is greater than the taste of any drug that a person would chase that high the rest of their lives. I tasted heaven when I was 12 years old, and I chase it now. I must have. Who the glory's here? And if you're still struggling in your addiction, I tell you, there is a power in the blood of Jesus. 
I have seen people delivered immediately where some of my deliverance, like from my eating and my, my foolishness and stuff, um, has taken years to curtail. But I don't give up because I believe God. And just because you're struggling doesn't mean you've lost the battle. Somebody say amen. amen. And in the name of Jesus, I was sent here today with this repentant message that it's not enough to have a sound. That's why I love this worship team. Not only do they have a sound, but they're carrying an anointing. Dear lady, you and I were teasing yesterday about Kleenex. Wave your hand at me. There's a presence on you. You weren't carrying this robe before. This is thicker. This is bigger. It's on you in the name of Jesus now. You've stepped up into a place where the attack is greater, but the glory is greater, and that the glory of the Lord would be your rear guard. And I pray for you now that, that you would step out because I see upon you that you're, you're taking a back seat. Like, well, this one got it. I knew they were going to say that. You've already got the word. And I give you an unction today by the Spirit to release the word of, of the living God. And the Lord just shows me counties. You know, I know that counties near me are going to close down again. That this virus is going to close down. I'm coming back to you, precious lady. But I tell you, it will not close down the move of God. I believe, I don't come to prophesy and say that this virus owns us. I come to tell you, when a county closes and they shut down restaurants and they start doing all, all manner of this, we can break it this time in a much quicker way because I believe this thing was manufactured by hell to stop your business. And your business, your ministry, your call is not going to stop. It's not going to take on the age of this world. Glory to God. My sister, in the name of Jesus, that you would be free to stand up and give a, give a word from the Lord. And this girl who sang uh, here, the Lord showed me her in a school today. And I saw her voice being touching in an entire drama or music group. Glory be to God. And in the name of Jesus, that you're anointing, precious lady of God, that you would let that anointing fly. Whether Whatever you're singing, there, is, there can be an anointing on you. As you sang the Star Spangled Banner, and people would say, I've never heard it sang like that. And I say over you, Lady of God, it's because you're carrying the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. And I don't know what this place is, but it births drummers. It births drummers. He's one of the greatest drummers I've ever played with. He's gone, and then Sir Sticks a lot gets in the cage today <laughs> and fires on this kid. I tell you, whew, I felt fire on that when I said that. Fires on this kid. I tell you, that shows me that this house, hallelujah, is a house that reproduces. And I tell you, in the name of Jesus, it shows me that the spirit of discipleship is alive in this house. Glory to God. It shows me that what you are, you are able to reproduce. Glory to God. And I release that there is going to be three and four teams of worship. So that there's a different sound. And so that Tom, Pastor Tom has to figure that out. Hallelujah. His live man, her artwork. I was looking at some of Michelle's artwork last night over at the Meatloaf Dome. And... I said, man, there's all kinds of secrets hidden in her art. You ever notice? I never knew. And I got up and I was studying on it. And I, and I got the word from the Lord got on me. As we praised this morning, I was by that artwork and I was praising. And I say in the mighty name of Jesus, there are secrets hidden in your worship. And they'll come out as you worship. You hit it right on the head. There, when you're worshiping, you're opening a place with heaven that cannot stop you, cannot remove you if you'll stay in worship. Listen, I know a lot of people that Shelly, they stay in warfare. And they're so busy looking for demons, they're missing the glorious presence of God. But some people are called in that place. So don't fight them. I got off a warship and I got into worship. And somebody else is carrying the warship. It tells me, I'll go back into war sometime so they can go into worship. So don't, don't, don't think one's wrong and one's right. But I tell you in Jesus' name, worship is, an, is a hammer 
to bust up fallow ground. Glory to God. Like that old guitar I got. That thing busts up fallow ground when I walk into a place. When I tell these stupid jokes, people think, oh, God help him, you know? <laughs> it busts up fallow ground. Again, I don't want you to think of me as a superstar. I want you to see that he's the star. And when fire falls from heaven, if I can close it with this, verse 36, at the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all the things you command. Answer me so these people will know. There's something that happens at the time of sacrifice, of giving. I've given cars away, watches. Somebody gave me a Rolex one time. I was preaching on Emerson Avenue. And I had a hibachi and I had $50. And I was preaching. On, I didn't know Emerson Avenue. I was in Cleveland. And God said, go to Emerson Avenue and cook hot dogs. And I didn't know Emerson Avenue goes like two hours long. And I just found a place where it looked like I would not be welcome. Because it's easy to prophesy amongst the prophets. But I'm called to prophesy where there are no prophetic people. So when I come here in a place like this, this is why I have so much joy on these this. Because you're... You're pushing me into heaven. You've, you've strengthened me today. And I'm preaching there and uh, giving kids hot dogs, but I don't have buns, of course, because I didn't think to bring buns. And some guy shows up with buns, and we make a friendship. And a lady is there, and I say, the Lord shows me you have a, your dad has died. Yes, he has, but he has left you a classic car underneath a green army tarp in a barn. I know exactly where that's at. I'm going to be back. She's screaming at me. You know, people in the city and on the sidewalk, they're screaming right back at you. And three, three days later, Shrek! <laughs> you know, you think I wanted, like when I started in this with my first suit from Sears Roebuck, because um, obviously that's where we shopped, you think I wanted 45 years in to be known as Shrek? But I wouldn't trade it for anything. You don't need to call me Prophet Bob. My mantle speaks for itself. And so, you know, I esteem your pastors. I always call them, call them pastor. But I want you to know, man, people are just people. And when they get up here in front of you to preach and you think, wow, that's the sweetest person, that is them at their best. That is me. This is me at my best. And you think, wow, it must be pretty bad, right? It's you at your best. Because I quit every Monday, man. I'm like, and man, that woman sold that car for $50,000 and brought me a check for $5,000. I'll go months with no income. And somebody will show up with $5,000. If you're here today, you spell million, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. You must not be afraid to go out and do something by faith. You must not be afraid. Get the covering of your team around you and say, would you just prayerfully support me? I'm going to go get somebody set free. I don't know about you, but we're not. You know, we have thousands of people that come to the Lord every year at Voice of Tomorrow. Last year, I had a, my voice uh, was lost. It was under 1,000. This year, because of the COVID, it's going to be right around 1,000. But there, people always say, well, what church they go to? And that's the difference. When you're dealing with transient people, it is impossible, almost impossible, to get them into a church. That's why I, as the church, go to the people and preach up under the bridge and minister to people. How much does this sandwich and water cost us, Bob? Can I pray for you? And I pull off 150th Street, man, and I'm like, well, like, come on, man, come on, because everybody's trying to get money from somebody. I'm like, come on, man, I got lunch. And pray for people and see if you can't get somebody saved. And you say, man, they'll go right back to it. How do you know that? How do you know that you're not praying the curse breaking prayer? My pastor, I'm going to tell you this, one of these days, I don't have it yet, but, sir, I'm going to walk under that bridge with an anointing. I'm going to lay hands on 200 kids that have been cursed by this dog food, and, and they're going to get set free and never want to taste heroin again. And I'm telling you, I don't know the combination yet. I can't get this figured out. I've seen, brother, I've seen it in the heavens. It's a combination. It's, it's a prayer, and it was written in the spirit, and it's some kind of combination that unlocks an addict 
from their addiction. And I'm telling you that in this last day, my sister, that revival is coming. And I want to tell you this, the churches, the places of worship aren't going to look so clean anymore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They're going to look more like Gage's hair and beard. Hallelujah. <laughs> Almost didn't know him today. I'm like, you hippie, you. <laughs> it's Sure, of course it's jealousy that I don't have that. But I got to tell you, I revert to joy all the time because I want you to know there is a revival that is going to save your children. And we must pray them out of hell. I did a funeral of this grandma and this girl came and she was a model. Uh, and, and she came, she's in Miami, she's doing modeling. And, and, her, and then I was, did my part. She says, Prophet Bob, you know, uh, can I give my speech? You know, I just don't even need to. You're just Bob Shrek, Bobby, hey, you. We have meatloaf. You don't even have to call me by name. You know, if you have wings, wing, Bob, we're serving wings. I'm like, feet don't fail me now. And so this little girl says, my grandma told me all about you. And she said, you know, I wanted to tell you, as you prophesied over me, grandma would call her, would call from the church and prophesy over her. She'd be stoned out of her mind. And you know that sound. And she overdosed one night and was on her way to hell. She went before Jesus. And the girl, little girl said, she said, telling the group there in her grandma's funeral, she said, I went before Jesus. And Jesus said, I can't do anything for you now. You're going to have to go to hell. You've done this to yourself. And she said, she went down this long shaft and she could smell flesh burning and hell and Satan laughing. And she got right to where she saw she was about to go in fire and was coming out of this chute. And Jesus stepped in front, of, in front of those gates of hell and grabbed her and said, your grandma's praying for you right now. And I'm sending you back. And you're going to go preach the gospel to the modeling industry and get people saved. Do you promise to do it? I promise to do it. And there she was at grandma's funeral preaching the gospel. And that was the prettiest preacher I'd ever seen. <laughs> and, uh, it was. It was gorgeous. She's like, do you believe? I'm like, do you want anybody want to get saved? Oh, my God. They're like, you're the preacher. I'm like, oh. And I just, can I tell you that your kids are not too far gone? That your family's not too far, your dad's not too far gone, uncle's not too far gone. There is a God that delivers, and we're going to rebuild an altar. And tomorrow, would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Lift your hands to him. We rebuild an altar for our family in the name of Jesus. Come and break this cursed addiction spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a blood transfusion. That they would not want every five or eight hours to feel that dope running through our veins. But in Jesus' mighty name, they'd want to have the Holy Spirit every hour on the hour, every minute of every day, going through their lives. And in the holy name of Jesus, we ask a breakthrough, a breakthrough, a breakthrough in Jesus' name. And now by the Holy Spirit of God, God come and heal this land. We are a people called by your name. And we have been, hallelujah. We have been inundated. Come and heal the land. Break the rioting. Break this COVID. Lord, I'm not asking you just for the United States, but I'm asking you for the world. Bring a healing revival that sweeps the world. I'm not asking you for a vaccine, God. I'm asking you for an anointing. Hey! Something that would heal people to where they would have to stand up on CNN and say, God healed these people. Somebody would have to go up on Fox and say, God delivered these people. Hallelujah. That bridges. God, where I found my brother dead and killed, may I carry the anointing of a curse breaker so there'd never be another Ronnie to be shot and killed living their life under a bridge again. Lord, anoint us, your people, that somehow we can lay hands on a people and they be delivered. And now for your families. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and I rebuild the altar of my family tree. I remember the times you came through and God, you're not finished with me yet. And in Jesus' mighty name, I ask you to forgive me of anything that I've done, that I've kept a hold of, that I've said, that I've thought, anything that's hurt your heart, Lord. Forgive me and I repent. 
And in the mighty name of Jesus, shake my family tree. Shake my family tree. Shake my family tree. In Jesus' name, I release you from that care that you can't sleep without a sleeping pill. I release you that you thought you was going to lose weight by taking some, some sort of thing that's got in there you can't get off. Yes, you can get off in the name of Jesus. And I tell you, you, what you were and where you came from means nothing, but who God's called you to be means everything. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your time today. Bless you with the name of Jesus. Pastor Aaron. Thank you, thank you.